Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. Daryl, we did this first intro the right way around, and then I didn't have my mic recording. Yeah, absolutely amateur. amateur. It's just amateur here at Packers headquarters. I know you're not angry at me; you're just disappointed. And then, then we would go balubas. So we go mad when the when the entry things coming in. And then I think I took it overboard there, and then I couldn't yep. recompose myself before because I did a great job the first time round. But anyway, come on. Yeah, I kind of hurt my my vocal cords. Yeah. Um, but yeah, listen, I'm sorry I haven't been around in so long. But Where have I you went been? on a. Uh, Where have you been? Well, I went on a, it, this. This is very novel. I don't think anyone's heard of this, but Go it's on. a, it's a, a a darkness retreat. I went on. Oh, no. Go, Go on. on. Go on. Anyway, so it's called. I tell you what you do if you're bored go and look up the place i went to it's in oregon okay can we look it up first yeah of course you can definitely, definitely look in it fact up. it is advised that you look this up <sighs> do i want to look purely it up, just though? for how not to create a website so if you go to go skycaveretreats.com right hey. the first thing that hits you is there's about five or six different fonts on the first page right um so i mean you know pick one there's also quotes from uh, they're, they're really covering all their bases here Go on. You've got quotes from every established religion uh, about what you're going to get out of this. Right. Plenty of yogi stuff, obviously, as you would expect. Mm. But it's what really got me. What really got me and what really made me want to go was some of the words of the people that have been there. So Scott, oh, for example. Scott, Scott uh, this has really got me. The dark has become my most beloved teacher and a space where I'm in ever deepening connection with eternity. Mm-hmm. The dark, mate. Mm-hmm. This is what he's getting out of the dark, but it, it gets better. Okay. It gets better. Give me another Apart one. from a few quotes, we have Eli here, okay. who says there is nothing like that in the whole universe. I mean, that's big mm. talk, Eli. Hold on. So, the darkness retreats, there's nowhere like that in the big, vast expanse of no, no. dark. No, no, that's it. Eli universe. thinks that's it. This place in Oregon is Oregon. Oregon, Oregon is where it's at, right? Sarah says it's the safest container she's ever experienced. Hold on. And she's, yeah, no, 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 just go with it. It's Hello. the safest container. So she's obviously going around like trying to fit herself into things. Lunchboxes. So like she get into a truck and go, it's not a great container. Not a great container. And then maybe she, you know, she gets into a shipping container and go, oh, mm. it's too big. Big massive echo in there, I'd say. Mm. So she's delighted with the container that she's put in, which um, was That's... nice. Kevin, Kevin was so unbelievably blown away by this. He, he lost the will. He lost the will to speak. It says here that it's the only place you can, you really can't hid from okay. yourself. Mm. Kevin just got his tense all wrong. He was so impressed. He's all over the place. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? He's he's at one with everything, the past, present and the future. Amy with a Y. Amy with a Y and M and two E's says that I don't think I've ever loved myself that way. Amy, I don't know mm. what you were doing in the dark. No, hold on, hold on. This is a, this f- no, it's a family friendly show here. Now, Aaron Rodgers did go on and say that he taught every poop. Now, this is the insight you get from the podcast, right? Uh. Every poop he had, he deemed to be a two wiper. Um, yeah. So, so Daryl, no ghosties. I, no ghosties. Uh, but last one, last one that clinched oh, no. it for me, Good. Julia. She said she loved her conversations with darkness. That's a capital D. <laughs> darkness. <laughs> so um, no, look. look. We leave that there. No, look. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not there. No, listen. Right. But, People are into what they're into, but I think the problem we have oh. is we have Irishitis, where there's just no 
There's no nonsense that feeds in. It's just now, arguably, you would say, listen to this podcast. It's just wall to wall nonsense, and that might be true too. Oh, it is. Yeah. But absolutely. What I mean is, is that it's they had this th- thread. I was going to say tread, very Irish. They had this thread on Twitter to show you what it's like growing up in Ireland, and just the stuff people would say to other people. By ju- like they would wear a hat down the streets, and you'd get lambasted for wearing a hat. Like, do you can't do anything out of the norm. And you certainly can't talk about your feelings. Like we we had that quote no. many a time. Sigmund Freud said you can psychoanalyze anybody but the Irish. Um, and there's again disclaimer. There's this whole thing about did he actually say it? But you know, let don't look it up. Um, no, it's on this podcast. It's true. That's just the way it is. Yeah. So look, we avoided as long as we could. But then when you get the two of us together, we kind of we broach on topics, right, Daryl? Like all joking aside, right? Because here's what I will say about the Aaron Rodgers situation, if I may is that Kurt Benkert, the backup quarterback uh, for the Packers, uh, seems like ages ago now, he spoke about the fact that, look, you ask quarterbacks or athletes of anybody to speak up about what they're into, particularly athletes, um, and all you get is this canned robotic response. Whereas Aaron Rodgers is, and I put this in massive air quotes, being authentic, right? Um, And now people are rinsing him over it. And some of it's, you know, it's like Ross from Friends. It's, you know, Bruce Willis's character where he, he gets oh, at Ross and he says that, like, it's not that he doesn't like him. It's just that the jokes keep coming to him. And that, that's kind of the way it is when you leave yourself open for this thing, particularly when you're in a group of people, be it men and women. And I've, I've seen it more so when you're in a group of, when you're in that lad group, um, is that you cannot say anything or you get absolutely rinsed. And, you know, even that, like we used to rinse each other over bad grammar and stuff. So I get that the world is his sort of group and that the minute you come out with this sort of stuff, you're going to put yourself up for scrutiny. Now, the thing is, here's a, here's a guy. Here's a man who said that he uh, values privacy in this latest podcast thing. I was looking at snippets of it. He said that, you know, privacy for him is the biggest thing for him to keep his private life private. And that he felt that that's the way he wanted to go. And some members, even of his own family, decided that they wouldn't sort of adhere to that which is a bit ironic because most of the headlines that swirl around him now is the stuff that he comes out with about his private life and what he's going on to do um and all of that which would make you think the cynic would think and i don't i don't prescribe to this at all because i don't think anybody's that clever it's like the whole belichick notion i don't think that aaron Rodgers puts stuff out there and knows exactly how they're going to be spun um and i think that how he comes across by and large is a distraction and people are calling yeah. him, and he said it himself, they call him a diva. And I think it comes, some of the stuff that he does comes across kind of unhinged. And, you know, they sort of say, look, he can take the boy out of California, you can't take California out of the boy. It's this very hippy dippy kind of stuff, right? Again, I'm not judging it. I'm just saying that's how it's coming across in the media. So if he was up on his image, Daryl, by him releasing all of this, then we can only assume that this is the image he wants to portray. Is this kind of odd? Because he called himself an enigma. Yeah. You see, I'm always wary when someone calls himself an enigma or a very stable genius. I'm kind of not willing to to believe it. You know, the mm-hmm. thing about Aaron Rodgers uh, that strikes me, he's a bit naive in the sense that I think he gets himself tied up in knots. He thinks he's, well, he wants to think he's the cleverest guy in the room. And he thinks that by putting this stuff out there, he's going to control the narrative as to what people think of him. Yeah. Um, but we all know that's not true. Um, like most of us work in offices you think you're putting on this persona and that this is what people, you know, you, everyone projects, you know, that I think it's an old Japanese idiom that there's two people you project. There's the person you project to the world and there's the person you think you are on the inside. But let's face it, everyone has a persona in public and the, the way they want to be considered. But most people know you very well, very quickly. 
So they see right through all this nonsense. I mean, they often say that people in an office that you work in know more about you than the people at home do. And you think you're putting on this very uh, choreographed, manicured look on yourself, but you're not. People know who you are. And so this whole thing of him wanting to control the narrative, I get it. It must be hard for these guys to be in the in the limelight as much as they are. Um, coupled mm. with the fact that they are divas. Like, let's face it, most, and the same goes for rugby. You can probably say the same about soccer for forwards, big strikers. These guys are divas because that's what gets them to where they are. That's just the type of person that tends to get attracted to that kind yeah, of area. You need the big you ego do, to be the quarterback. To be able to control that pressure. And a lot of it's very hard for them in their private life because everything they do, nothing they do is private. Um, but when you want to start trying to control the narrative, sometimes it blows up in your face. And I think that kind of happens here. Uh, you know, and actually, in taking all that... I'm kind of sick of this period every season where we get into what I now call the Aaron show because this is what happens. There's always something. Willie won't he? He keeps everyone hanging on. We're waiting for snippets. We're feeding off scraps trying to figure out what is he is and what he is and what he isn't going to do. Yeah, that's his right as well. If he has a deadline to come back and say what he's going to do, what is it now? The 15th of March is the latest one. Um, he's got to say what he's going to do before then but this is like three years on the trot now where we're waiting on Aaron to come out with his pronouncements and he just leaves everyone hanging on and he knows what he's doing if he, if he hasn't made up his mind, fine if he has and he's just stringing this out which is what he seems to be doing every year he just seems to go on the Pat McAfee show drop hints about this, that and the other we pour over it along with the rest of the established media for weeks until we find out what he is and isn't doing mm. it's just a bit tedious at this stage as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, because like anything, it's like COVID, you know, when, once it began, there was this sort of, you know, that's a politicised uh, BS issue as well with the, you know, vaccines, masks, all that. But leaving all of that aside, the sort of, the mortality issue, they're like, oh, if you go outside, you'll die. And, uh, you know, eventually people stop caring. And it's like mm. if you're if you're trapped in, a, in somewhere that you need to get out of, if your house is on fire, you, you know, sometimes you, it just comes to the point where you're like, well, I'm just going to jump out of it now. And, you know, you get to the sort of stage where it, you just get fatigued by it all and you don't really care anymore. And I just think that's the way it is with the fan base and Aaron. Now, that doesn't mean that the decision that we make and what we say when we're fatigued is valid because no. quite often it's it's way off base because you're so fed up of it now. You're like, look, I don't care anymore. You know, and that's we've seen like families being ripped apart, relationships being ripped apart by someone who is going through a tough time. And then the other person says, look, I, I just all of this drama, I just I'm not interested anymore. And it might not be the right thing at the time. What I would say is, though, is that, you know, they're, they're saying over oh, well, the least he's not. Do, it's not as if he's do, this is the benchmark. It's not as if he's doing a farve on it. <laughs> Dara and like you were like what you were saying before the pod like talk about a low yeah. bar I mean yeah. Favre I retired uh, said he was going to come back did his whole coming home tour got off the plane waving to fans went into the yeah. building had a shouting match with Mike McCarthy then <laughs> left again got traded to the Jets uh, you know and, and this was and in between that he was going on the Letterman show saying oh he kind of got the itch again that he might want to go back and all that sort of stuff so and then he gets traded to the Jets. We all know what happens and he eventually ends up with the Minnesota Vikings and he comes mm -hmm. out of his own documentary, says that that wasn't an accident he wanted to do with the stick it to the Packers. Now, we can't really compare that situation, Daryl, uh, to Aaron Rodgers, you know, so... No, there are two different scenarios and let's face it, but it does seem to me in modern parlance, you know, far wouldn't have called it, but it almost seems sometimes as if Rodgers is trolling and he mightn't mean to do this. And I think we mentioned it around this time last year. Uh, you know, at what point is it disrespectful to the organization and the fans mm. um, to just keep everyone hanging on like this? From a professional perspective, uh, you know, it's not as if he's making a decision that's going to really impact the rest of his life. The guy, from a personal standpoint, materialistically anyway, is set for life. 
he's he's on a lot of money, so it's you know it's not we're not he's not counting his shekels, wondering if it's going to worth his while going back. This is really an ego trip for Aaron Rodgers to decide of where he wants to end up. What is his legacy going to be? Mm. That's what he's in the dark thinking about, I'm sure. So it's one of those things of you've got to sort of just come clean at some point and say, this is my decision. And it does seem to me, based on what we've seen in the, the last, the latest pressers, is that the organization itself doesn't really have an inkling as to which way he's going to go with this. Yeah. Uh, they, they don't know either. And it makes them look bad in the sense of, I know we talked about being a team player and I know, you know, an organization shouldn't control a quarterback or control the narrative, but it seems that they haven't a clue what he's going to do either. And they have no real way of getting him to tell them what they're going to do. So if you look at what they're saying, they're going, oh, we haven't really set a hard deadline, you know, mm. they really do want this. They can't set a hard deadline because then they'll face him off again where he just won't appear at the deadline and won't say anything. And then they're left looking silly again, you know? So I think they're kind of nervous of being slapped around a bit by Aaron Rodgers to this stage every season, I think. Yeah, look, the optics are bad. So there was that whole, the podcast came out with that spiritual stuff. Um, and it, look, what we were saying before, and this is why the, we put out that Jose Mourinho picture mm. with, when that was yeah. coming out, as if still like, oh, Jesus, let's not listen to this. Because, you know, nothing, he's not going to say anything. He's drumming up interest in a podcast of one of his best mates, you know, seemingly. Um, so you'll understand it from a business standpoint. But the optics look bad in the sense that the day before... Um, Gudekunz comes out and is asked a billion questions and even mm. one of the questions he gets asked is are you tired of getting asked questions while he asked him a question about Aaron Rodgers right <laughs> uh, so it's kind of inception questioning um, so he comes out and he says look we don't really know we haven't made the decision he seems quite non-committal and I guess we can get into that kind of uh, narrative and that body language stuff but leaving that aside just for now he comes out and says we don't really know and then Aaron Rodgers comes out and puts on this wishy-washy performance of I was in there and I was thinking about it then I wasn't thinking about it then I think I have an idea but I'm not too sure yet then I have to make a decision like the thing is is when you look at it from as you said from an organisational standpoint and from his own personal standpoint it looks bad so Aaron Rodgers coming out the thing is is he came out and Clay Matthews used to do it um, and some of the senior players used to do it and say it where they could come out in the media and sort of take the piss a bit because, and they said to you look I'm here long enough now what are they going to do sack me so Rogers is at that point he thought he had this leverage uh, when he won the MVP and it turned out that he didn't and then he won it again and then he got that massive contract mm. which is what's at play here too but it goes to show that all along Aaron Rodgers wanted that leverage on the organisation which he certainly has now um, but I can't imagine it's good from an operational standpoint to come out now we don't as well as that what I would say is I'm not trying to sit on the fence here but we don't really know the narrative either because it's no. very easy for Brian Gutekunst to come out and say, well, we don't really know what's going on, when he might have more of an inkling than we know. Or he could be driving the narrative by letting on with Aaron Rodgers. To be honest with Aaron, we don't really want you back, so we need you to make the decision on where we you want to be traded or retired. So you pick that, but otherwise, you know, it's not really mutual that we want you back. So in that regard, Aaron Rodgers might be protecting himself from an ego standpoint by sort of saying... I haven't made up my mind yet because that's what he has to consider. Because he did mention the fact, Daryl, that he didn't get the inkling from the organisation that, you know, it was a two-way street, that they definitely wanted him back, despite Gudekunz's prior comments to say, oh, we definitely want him back, absolutely. And by the contract that they gave him, Daryl, with the amount of money that's been sunk into it, you would expect that if you pay someone to do a service, you're getting a new kitchen, right? And the guy, you know, it's two weekends and he comes around for the first weekend and then you find out on Friday he's thinking about whether or not he wants to come in and finish it. You know, you're kind of thinking, no, you've given him the money, you want him to come in, you want him to finish it and this shouldn't really be where it is and you're waiting to see do you contact another kitchen guy because this guy decides that he's not going to show up, you know? I mean, but that's that said, who knows if you weren't standing in that kitchen with a cup of coffee saying, 
don't like what you're doing there, mate. You know, this isn't really panning out for us. It's not mutually yeah. I- exclusive or, or, or agreed here. And that's the kind of narrative, Daryl, we saw with the Gudekun's yeah. presser when he was asked, when he said, well, if it's a fit for us, well, then yes. And people are asking, how is Aaron Rodgers not a fit for any team? Yeah. Well, well, he's look at what his performance this year, this season. I mean, yeah. he was hardly barnstorming in here. Now, admittedly, he's got a very high standard. So let's face it. Aaron Rodgers at his best or even close to his best of any team would have him but is he starting to become a bit of a washout um I don't know and I, I'm completely conflicted about this as well and I think to be honest it's one of those things it's almost like someone tells you gives you a response and you know you ask them a question and they give you the wrong response and then you go well why did you do that and but then you, you realize oh, I was a bit disappointed actually mm. so it's one of those things I don't know how I'm going to feel about Aaron Rodgers until he's either gone or he stays. And then I think I'll know. And I have a feeling the organization is a bit like that as well, because I think they have a bit of a headache regardless of what he does. If he stays, he's got to perform. Um, If he doesn't, we need to start building his successor and putting a successor in place. And I honestly think, I don't think even the organization cares at this point as to which one of those they get, because both of them come with their own pitfalls, I think. And that's the kind of language, and that's what I, now again, I'm reading between the lines here, and I am not the podcast's reticent body language expert, but I am getting the impression that it's cool on both sides, Mm. in that at this stage, I don't even think the organization is banking one way or the other. They just want to know which it is. Um, Because we all know the end is coming. This is not a young Aaron Rodgers with his whole career ahead of him. At the end of the day, we're going to have to rip the bandage off at some point, plaster off, and basically decide what we're doing here. And honestly, I actually don't think the organization cares either way. Yeah. All things being equal. And that's the thing, look, I was, what goes through my head as well as is looking at the fan base and sort of thinking they'll be forgiven more by the fan base. But then I realized they don't care what the fan base thinks. And I don't mean that in a bad way, like the organization don't care about us. That's not what I'm saying. But they do not make their decisions based on how we feel. And now, again, it does go hand in hand. So if they can sell love jerseys in the pro shop and they get their money that way, the Packers, without a rich owner, are completely reliant. Well, I know the TV money and all that, so let's not get into it. But they're completely reliant on how much money that they can generate to bring in. It's not like the olden days, which we've looked at with the History Podcast, where if they don't earn enough, they're going to get the franchise taken to Milwaukee, yep. right? But at the same time, it's very hard for them to modernize and do what they want to do because they're not going to keep releasing, you know, shareholder things because people get sick of that as well. It's exclusive because it's rare. And if we look at the last one, the, the assumption is that when they release it, that it completely sells out. It doesn't. Um, you know, I think up to a certain point, they hadn't sold all of the shares and they were still trying to plug it because it's a money making thing. But there's no point in upgrading the facilities and trying to get people there and increase the image and all this type of jazz if the performance is just trash. Because we've seen it with teams that have gone through historic lows and the Packers have been that team in the 70s and in the 80s and the early 90s. And you just see empty seats everywhere, Darrell, and they can't fill them. You know, yeah. you look at the Chargers going into uh, their sort of makeshift stadium. I think it's, what's that, 30,000 at one stage and they still couldn't even fill that. So, look, we, we see what happens there. But it, I think you're right. They just want to move on. But... One thing that I would question, though, is this whole narrative, and it's easy to sort of extrapolate, because I love when people say that with exams, they go, people always think that when they ask this, this is what they're looking for. And they haven't, that's all anecdotal. They've never talked to anybody who've said that that's what they fall for. It's what you think people fall for, so you say it as if it's true. Um, But I don't think either way that they build around Aaron Rodgers at all. You know, because it comes down to, obviously, if, if Aaron stays for a year. Now, I bank on the fact that he will still. And that might be against the grain. And I'm not basing that on what the organization has said or any of that kind of jazz. 
I just think that's how it's going to pan out here I, because they kept Joe Barry and I think if they keep Aaron Rodgers they'll hold him for this year and then it's done so after that but anyway on what basis there's a couple but I won't get into it um, so I reckon he comes back but then if they keep Aaron Rodgers do they keep Jordan Love and then there's the narrative of well if they keep Rodgers well then Love has the right to request a trade they have him on contract yeah. if, they're will- if they can yeah. find the money to pay him this, the other thing is, is them restructuring the contracts of Jair Alexander and uh, Aaron Jones when he took the, the, the pay cut and all that kind of stuff that has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers trying to get him on the payroll. They do that stuff anyway. But again, people read into it and all that. But when it comes to building around Aaron Rodgers, I don't think they're waiting to see what Rodgers is going to do versus what they're going to do in the draft. We all know the draft is not for immediate impact. It's going to be two or three years down the line. And no matter what way they try to sugarcoat it, Daryl, he's not going to be around. So they're going to plan for if it's Jordan Love or somebody else but I don't think if Aaron says I'm coming back that they'll go oh grand you know and then they'll they'll yeah. draft oh, I, 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 I agree with that completely I don't think there's two plans there's there's no plan with Aaron and plan without Aaron there's no. plan without Aaron and that's it and that is plan A and plan B yeah um, I just but and therein lies the problem we just discussed they're kind of they've got problems either way though if he comes back they need to try and control that narrative if he leaves they also need to try and control that um, because it's a key position to fill and the question still out there is to is is it filled already or are they going to mm. let love go and get someone else in on the draft um who yeah you know because there are, that's that's the thing though and that's where you don't really know and i, I wouldn't always i'm not saying i'm siding with the the organization on it or whatever because i know it's a, it's a complex issue and they've all got stuff going on but when they ask is jordan love ready to play he doesn't stipulate for the Packers. When they say he's a starting quarterback, <laughs> he doesn't say, yeah, he can take over from Aaron Rodgers. Or that, yes, he can do it, but there's an awful lot of really bad ones out there as well. They're also starting quarterbacks. So, you know, if you look at some of the teams that are in the mix for Aaron Rodgers, again, in air quotes, you know, if you look at some of like they have no options and they don't have any big no. names and uh, it looks like a, a complete dumpster shoot. However, Whatever team is doing it, they have to plan on the fact that they're going to trade for a veteran like the Jets said at the R or roll with what they have. And you look at Brock Purdy with the Niners and what he was able to come in and do. Sometimes it's as hard and as easy as you make it. And we don't know if Gutekunst is putting out that narrative because he's saying to other teams, listen, um, you know, if you want to trade for love and take him off her hands well, then he's ready to go. And we all saw that, how that happened with Matt Flynn. He put yeah. up career numbers yeah. against the Lions, went off, made an absolute career of being a quarterback that people thought was starting caliber and wasn't. And then Brett Hundley, who went to the Seahawks and again with being Aaron's backup, he played well in preseason. And then he yeah. ended up uh, sort of, you know, mostly sort of amounting to nothing. So again, and again, you can you can bring that narrative in and say, well, he's a guy, here's a guy who sat behind Aaron Rodgers who said that he knew the system, McCarthy had faith in him, but then he wasn't going to step up to anything. The difference obviously being the ceiling is far, far higher on Love because he's a first round pick. And per Peter's draft guide, you know, had this guy gone, you know, in the later years in the draft, he would have been the top prospect. Um, you know, take that what you will. But, Daryl, it's not good for Aaron Rodgers either because it shows him as being this undecided, wishy-washy kind of guy. So whatever bad it is looking for the organization, does that not damage Aaron Rodgers' trade capability then because he's putting yeah. himself across with all of this baggage and like, oh, I don't know yeah. if I'm going to play? That, that um, again, I go back to he's kind of damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. So I think it's damaged his trade potential, but I think it's also damaged him his standing again in the dressing room in Green Bay, if he does come back, because people are going to question, well, why didn't you immediately want to come back here? Mm. 
because he'll start saying things like, oh, this is where I've been my entire career. I love this place. This is Packers' home. Green Bay's my life. You go, yeah, but 10 minutes ago, you were lying in the darkness, questioning as to whether you were going to come back at all. So he's got, he can't control that narrative now. I wouldn't have respect for him if I was a younger player in a dressing room going, look, if you love this place so much, why didn't you immediately want to come back and finish what you started? Uh, as opposed to putting us off on the long finger all this time. And it also damages his trade. Like, are you going to buy into this, Aaron? Like, mm. what are you doing? You know, do you want to be here? But like, no matter what way we sort of skin it, I, I think it does impact his legacy because there's some men uh, and people in life that you meet and they move in silence. Um, and Kenny Clark, I believe, came out with that phrase. Mm. And I think Mike Daniels used to do it as well. You know, if you move in silence, he could have had all of these notions behind the scenes, but because he's telegraphed them, Whilst also on the other side of his face saying he values his privacy and he doesn't want people to know what he's doing. He, I had a friend um, and he, again, it's a weird story. Uh, he was going through some sort of personal stuff, nothing major. Um, and he went off into South America and he went off on an ayahuasca trip. Hand on God, right? So he And then he came back and he started reading The Four Pillars and he started this thing of he used to be kind of always taking the piss and all that kind of stuff. Um, but then he got into this thing of, you know, I, I don't, what is it, a finger pointed at someone as four back at you. And he took it really literally. So he could never criticize or talk negatively at all, um, which I feel is very unhuman because as much as we try to be stoic and I try to be level and not be too high or too low, stuff does get in on you. But this guy was having none of it. And now he's since reverted back to the old guy that I knew. But he was going through this phase and he thought everybody needed to follow the way he was doing it and everybody needed to go by his standard. And I just feel that that's what we're witnessing in Rogers now is this personal transformation of sorts, which again is absolutely fine. But I just wonder, as he evolves as a person and gets older, how much of this stuff will he look back on and go, that was a misstep. Um, but look, it's damaged his legacy in that sense that he could have had all of these things and decided to keep it quiet and not announced that he had to make this decision and just kept his mouth shut, kept it with him and the Packers, and then nobody would have been any the wiser as to coming back and everything just gets along. Now you'd look at that and go, well, who does that benefit? Is that just because that's what us fans want them to do because we don't want to feel the drama of it? Is that part of the sport and that's part of the game? Maybe, but... Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, if he was just the, the no-nonsense guy saying, yeah, last season wasn't great, on we go, onwards and upwards, next season, let's go, I'm completely behind it, let's do this. Um, but we won't be talking about that then. Yeah. We're sitting here talking about him nonstop because he's a very intriguing character. He's He doesn't make any sense. Because do you know what? There is a part of it too, and talking about him looking back and seeing you know whether he's embarrassed by it, whether he's proud of it or whatever happens. Because I've had some moments where I thought I was enlightened too. And I look back and I go, oh no. Oh no, I wasn't oh, so What was I doing? <laughs> who, who did I say that out loud to? Um, so it's different for him because he's in the public eye. But Oh yeah, well like they'll never forget. They're, you know, very few. You know, and then things change over time. People look back and look at things differently. But it, it, I will say I don't envy the amount of pressure someone like him is in and he's on, in his position. He doesn't help himself all the time. But then you look at other very high profile sports people, mm. Tiger Woods, uh, even Rory McIlroy to a degree. They do and say things in public. They probably just shouldn't. Um, but do we forget and move on? Are they still captivating people? Yes. Do we still watch them when they're on TV? Of course we do. 
because that's the thing. I mean, and it's a, it's a bad quote, to, but it always sticks out in my head. But Jeffrey Skilling, who was the guy who was uh, embroiled in the Enron scandal, he used to look for people, and this is probably why he got it in the position that he did. Uh, they look for people with spikes. You know, and he wanted someone that stood out. And if you look at all the top executives in Enron, they all had that weird. It's like we're all just a little bit off center, you know, in certain ways. Yeah. Um, and again, yeah. not saying there's there's nothing wrong with that. You don't want to build a team full of them, though. Look no, what happens. I, but that's the thing. <laughs> and you look at Rogers, and you know what? Sort of leaving all of the seriousness behind, because we have to remind ourselves that this is just a kids' game that you know are paying people millions. Is that? It does add to the intrigue of people. It's like uh, if you look at any sort of neuro-linguistic programming style stuff, they do it now in the corporate world where they get some guru to come in and tell you about it. But like they always say that everybody else, no matter how alike you are, everybody's just a little bit weird. You know, and some people are more weirder than others. They told a story about there was a woman in a car, she had a phobia of spiders and she was driving down the road and then the spider sort of popped down from her mirror and she freaked out, opened the car door and jumped out and the car rolled down the hill and into a tree. And she was telling her therapist this and saying like, Jesus, that was bad. And she said, yeah. And she goes, God, yeah, wasn't I so lucky to get away from the spider? But to her, that was the moral <laughs> yeah, of the yeah. story was as I escaped yeah. this situation. I know it's not normal, but to me, that's fine. And that's the thing is that, look, at the end of it all, when it's just a footnote in history and when you talk about Brett Favre and the gunslinging days, you leave aside the... Not now, because he's he's gone through the ringer again. Yeah. Uh, but you leave aside the scandals in New York and you leave aside the alleged, we have to be very alleged with Brett Favre now, stories of womanizing in Green Bay and the deficiencies there and what he used to get up to, allegedly. Um, and you leave all of that aside. And for some people, he's just part of the fabric of Green Bay. And it's sort of, you know, like a stone. The edges get rubbed off over time and you just have this caricature of a man. And that's kind of what Aaron Rodgers will be, you know, one of the best to ever do it. How he ended in Green Bay was weird, but he's still one of the guys, Daryl, isn't he, like Ronaldo and Messi, where you'll tell your kids, grandkids, whatever, oh yeah, yeah I was yeah. in Green Bay and I saw yeah. him play. Um, now, God knows what else he's going to hit the headlines for when he retires, if he even will. Uh, but it's, do you know what, it just makes this whole thing interesting, really. And no, it does, yeah. Yeah, it makes it interesting both on and off the field. And let's face it, it's on the field we care about most as Packers fans, but off the field, it's just something to talk about. Yeah, and the, the visceral reaction, I mean, we saw the whole Brett Favre leaving and they said you'll take it from that guy, Toilet Bowl Man, where he said Brett Favre will take it to the <laughs> pause Super Bowl and then, you know, Aaron Rodgers will take it to the pause Toilet Bowl. It's like, yeah, great. Both of those words have bowl yeah. in it. You are fantastic. Yeah, well done. Well done. Um, so there's that thing. And, you know, and there's that whole thing in the fan base where, okay, anybody who's asking for the Aaron Rodgers era to end it, as they see it prematurely, well, then you're bringing on... And mediocreness you're bringing on misery and I hope you're happy now as if somehow the fans voicing an opinion how they're kind of just ticked off now that Rogers is doing his yeah. thing you know but look that's the beauty of it you're you're able to have an opinion either way yep. I just don't I, you know what I just don't know how I feel about the whole thing because I, I completely oh, understand that he, you know he is this mercurial talent and He's a quirky guy and sometimes that's funny and then you're told by society you're not supposed to laugh at that because he's he's showing his his truth. Um, but as an Irishman, you look at it and go, God, it's just, it seems yeah. so But bizarre. that's the thing. I don't know how to feel about it. You know, I don't... It's not that I don't... I care a lot, but I just don't know how to feel about the whole thing. I'm mm. just going... I'm trying to be rational and go, yeah, he's great. He's a great player. Great, one of the greatest of all time. And then he comes out with stuff like this and I'm going, oh, for God's sake. He's got Jesus. Just Christ's sake, Aaron. Yeah. You can just turn off the light in your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> you can just go to bed like everyone else yeah we don't need to know about your bowel movements mate I mean that's going well, to just go to bed turn off the light put yeah. away your, put your phone away about a half an hour or an hour before you go to sleep 
Yeah. Stay away from the old blue light. Yeah. You know, read a good book. Get the blackout Maybe blinds. Do a bit of meditation if you have to. Yeah. Put on the blackout blinds, turn off the line, go to sleep. Or just, Aaron, stop telling us about it, man. Just yeah. stop Or just go and do it. Yeah, I mean, go and have your conversations with eternity and the darkness with a capital D. Yeah. That's fine. Don't hate, just, don't hate from it, man. Yeah, There's don't hate else, from it. Nowhere else that dark in the whole universe. Then. And advise them when you go back there again, Aaron, to pick a fucking font and just stick to one. Yeah. There's no need to have five different fonts on the same page. We really get to the nitty gritty in this show. We really do. We cut to the we cut to the core of it. Mm. But look, we <laughs> so we haven't had the decision. It will probably be coming soon, and we will break that down a bit more. The combines coming up. We had uh, yes. stuff in the Gudekunst thing. Good goods. Um, good thing that got missed was as he wants David back, Jerry back. Um, obviously, yeah. and that that's good. You, know, you look at that and you're like, yeah, he's on the payroll. So yeah. yeah. So of course um, you do. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we can't get rid of them. We've got to keep them. Well, you're married your wife, so you're gonna say she's the prettiest woman in the world. Do you know what I mean? I mean, there's you know, there's some questions that you can already know the answers to. Uh, but look, I get that they could have cut him and blah blah blah, but they want him back, and that makes sense because if he's protecting Rogers so well uh, and a limited capacity practice wise, well then he's gonna do the same for love or yeah. insert quarterback here. Uh, Mason Crosby, they looked at the quotes there and said, Do you know what? Um because I said that before as well, like Mason Crosby is Ah, we love Mason on this show now, though. We're well, completely biased when it comes to Mason. I'll have no to- <laughs> no talk about Mason in this podcast. No. Um, but you know what? You look at him and you're like, he kicks in the conditions of Lambo. He's done it for a very long time. He'll be 39 at the start of the season and it was only last year that he kicked his longest field goal in Lambo. He was coming off... Uh, he's only a chiseler he's only a kid knee injuries and all that kind of stuff yeah but you know kickers have a longer shelf life like that it's not as if they're sort of sticking behind and he hasn't been going into any sort of dark places either be it alleys or rooms (laughs) Uh, so we don't need to worry about it that way but yeah there's some nice little tidbits there and then to see Aaron Jones coming back there I'll take that pay cut to come back this is what I'm talking but this is what I mean right he's the guy we're just about to say right He and we talked about this in pre-pod he's the guy Here's a guy. Here's a guy. He's the guy. That's the kind of approach you want to see. You go, yeah. that's the stuff, Jonesy. Yeah. Now, I am biased again because I have got his name on the back of two of my jerseys. Yeah. But that's the kind of watches. He walks into the dressing room. He's beating his chest going, I want to be here. Mm. And you know he does. He's taking a pay cut. I tell you what, and we could wrap this podcast up at any time, but it, it keeps sort of reminding me of stuff. But you know what? Those optics do matter to the dressing room. I don't know yep. by how much because we're not in there. However, what we do know is that Aaron Rodgers came out last season and seemingly threw a lot of his teammates under the bus and said it's their fault if they should lose a place on the team. And when you analyse it strictly, you're like, nothing that he said was wrong. However, when he came off an incredibly bad performance himself, when he was like missing throws, and then Mm, he comes out with stuff like that. A few of them. it starts to impact them then by saying, "Oh, here's a guy who's been here's a guy who's been here here's long enough. A guy who's been here long enough. He thinks he can do anything. He doesn't show up for the voluntary stuff because he feels like me. I don't need to, um, you know. And I, I think an awful lot is made of that. That it isn't. However, it does show intent. Um, and then he goes in and says that in the dressing room. And it was after that point that Aaron Rodgers, I felt was backtracking a lot in front of the media um, yeah. and I'd love to do I'd love to do a separate pod on it actually but I don't think people would care uh, but it's just to go back and look at what he was saying before and then just all of those sort of interviews very weirdly leaning but again it's all body language yeah. so who gives a lark but it's that type of stuff and that does matter and I think that as you say this just adds to the legacy now you can add this Daryl to the thing of 
who was it? Romeo Dobbs came out in the offseason and said, yeah, we never really hung out or whatever. And then he say, of course, because the guy's nearly 40 and you're like 20. So you're doing TikTok yeah, dances and playing Xbox. God, you talking about? Yeah. yeah. And even Aaron, in, in fairness, he, he seems to have a very unique friend group anyway, leaving Cobb aside and all that kind of yeah. jazz. But, you know, Diverse. He, yeah. Like Diverse. He's, he's, like if he's on podcasts talking about spirituality, you know, he's at that stage where, you know, yeah. he can talk about that stuff. He's he's proud to talk about it and the young lads just might not get it. Or maybe they do. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, you sort of like that makes sense that they don't kind of get along or whatever. So not to add that to it, but certainly if you get the vibe that someone doesn't want to be there, um, you're they're kind of on it. And this is what I mean. And, and Rich Eisen raised it actually this week on his show. Not that Aaron Rodgers deliberately goes out of his way to not want to be there. But just as he gets older and as he gets more entitled, if you will, and again, you could sort of say, yeah, that's warranted. Look, he's he's built Green Bay with his play and he has. He took over from Favre and he he built that franchise into what it is. And they all have jobs there and they all have the big pay packets and all that because of what he is. There's no doubt about that. Um, it is the town that, that Aaron built. It's completely different than what it was when he went into Tundra zones and all this type of stuff. But anyway, is that when you look at him and he's aging, he doesn't really want to show up for voluntary stuff. That's not what the Packers need. He's aging, so he doesn't naturally gel with these young wide receivers anymore. So by no fault of his own, he's just a different generation. He is a dinosaur compared to what the other lads are. And when Gudekunst talks about, we'll see if it's a good fit for the team, he might not be saying that it's really of Rodgers' fault that it is. Is that maybe he wants to go with a younger quarterback who will more so do what he's told and fit the system as such, um, develop and hit a certain ceiling that will be below Aaron Rodgers, maybe even below Aaron Rodgers' floor. However, it's just a good fit for the team. Look at the narrative there from Patrick Holmes. Look at the narrative from Burrow and see what they're saying about and um, Jalen Hurts and what they say about their team. They're there for the team. They'll take the blame and then they'll shut up and get off the podium. And that's not what we have on Aaron Rodgers. By no, maybe by no fault of his own, although you know there's emotions around that, but maybe just by sheer virtue of his age, it yeah. just doesn't fit. Uh, yeah, maybe that maybe because of what he's achieved it's a bit of that Tom Brady attitude as well of like I am Tom Brady there's a bit of I am Aaron Rodgers um, he falls off in that standing a small bit when you've got players like Jones you can say no I've actually sacrificed for this team more than you have I'm here to build it up now when you're gone you know so there is that sort of and then there's the old adage that no one player is bigger than a team but let's face it quarterbacks of their vintage and achieving what they've achieved some would say underachieved in Rodgers case but achieving what they've achieved is this the, are they entitled to carry on like that? Yeah, small bit. You know, like you know, are, are, you know. Let's face it. There's the team and the quarterback. That's just the way the, the game's developed. Um, the team supplies the quarterback. That's just the way it goes. And if he wants to shoot his mouth off and talk about how great he is, fine. He's kind of earned the right. He's a grumpy old man. That's okay. Yeah, look, but that's the thing. There's a price on genius, and that if you have someone who drives the strategy of your company, typically in a very successful manner, if they are the the boss, if they're the CEO they can kind of act a bit meh. And you could have... Kind of expected. It's almost of, expected now, isn't it? Yeah. And you'd look at that and go, I I wish he would act more like uh, a Patrick yeah. Mahomes, who is, again, an unbelievable hall, you know, first ballot Hall of Fame talent. But it's up to them, really, how they choose to interact. Yeah, but give Mahomes five years as well. Give Mahomes five, ten years. Hopefully he stays fit and keeps entertaining us. But give him another five or ten years. And let's face it, we could be facing another Rodgers. Rodgers didn't swan in going, I'm Aaron Rodgers mm. either, you know. Yeah. He came in under fire, probably kept his head down a few years. And you know, <laughs> just by... Well, apparently the first thing he said to Favre was, hello, old man, while he was reading the paper. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Let's put that one on ice and let's see what happens. Nice. Um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. 
But anyway, any other business you want to raise on the... No, uh, this ended up being the Aaron Rodgers show. We didn't mean that to happen, but mm. I think we'll talk. We've got the combine, everything else coming up. It's going to be business as usual um, next week. But I think, uh, yeah, we've got some interesting stuff ahead. So you're not going to go back in your hole, no? Beg your pardon? You're not going to go... It's a container. Sorry. And I like to talk to darkness. Right. Did you like your container? I love my container. It's <sighs> the most comfortable container I've ever been in. Sponsored by Tupperware. So here we go. It's dishwasher safe. <laughs> He has been at Daryl J. Bright on the Twitter box. I've been at CDDNFL. We've been at UK Packers. And I haven't sort of screened it from the rooftops because, Daryl, there's a lot going on here at home, if you will. Um, yes. Adding to the brood. So, yes. yeah, baby number three is on the way later this year. Yay! Um, so I haven't really been screaming from the rooftops about it. But patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. I uh, failed to mention all month, really, that we're giving away a trip to Lambeau Field, of all places. Um I know what you're thinking. How much is that costing? About two grand. So if you want to get in there for a fiver, uh, you can... Filthy. (laughs) It's dirty. If you want to get in there, uh, you know what? You get a chance to get a trip to Lambeau Field and also I get to keep the lights on. (laughs) Lights on at home. So that's it. Uh, That's how I'm (laughs) going to come back in after saying something atrocious and saying, uh, you know what? We'll be back uh, next week and go back up.